am P.M. Kester, and welcome to the How to Take a Break podcast. This is a wellness-centered podcast presented by P.M. Kester Enterprises that examines the different types of breaks people take and why you need to incorporate breaks into your life. Let's start the episode. Hello and welcome to season three of How to Take a Break, the podcast. I am your host, P.M. Kester. Thank you for joining me on this journey as I make it to three, three seasons. I'm like the count, three seasons of working with people, telling people how to take a break. Joining me today for an episode I am calling How to Take a Break During the Holidays. It's a part three. If you listen to season one, we do this every year around this time. And it's a very popular podcast for a good reason. And joining me today, I have Adrienne McCullum. She is the founder and CEO of Inspire Counseling LLC, a mental health and wellness firm dedicated to providing quality, evidence-based psychotherapy and counseling. Her practice has two locations, one in Hoover, Alabama, and one in Montevallo. Hopefully I got Mm -hmm. that right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) While Inspire Counseling is highly inclusive and has a diverse demographic of clients, she specializes in women's issues with a focus on women of color, millennials, and post-millennials. Adrian has more than seven years of experience, including inpatient and outpatient clinical treatment and medical social work. She is, of course, going to give us some more background as we get into the conversation. But I just want to stop right now and just say, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. You're doing some great stuff. I love your, I love what you're doing. I love what you've got going on here. Thank you. I accept all compliments because again, three, three seasons. I, my hope is to get better with, with each show. So, so thank you just for, for coming on and providing insight on this topic as we go into the holidays. Before we get into the nitty gritty, I gave a little of your background, but please just share with the listeners, more of your background, things that you think they should know that I left out of that introduction. Wow. You know, that honestly, when, you know, when you, when I saw that, or um, you told me you would ask about my background, I, I was really thinking about, you know, people want to know where I went to school and what I studied and basically my resume, but then you, I mean, you kind of, knocked it out of the park I didn't know you were going to do that that's awesome and I'm kind of impressed it sounds uh, pretty good <laughs> don't you love it when we talk about our, when someone else talks about us it's like I I was at a conference some years ago in the pre-COVID land and mm-hmm. um this group this head of this group had up and he started reading stuff off about me and I turned to my colleague and I was like that's me <laughs> right he's yeah. talking about me yeah so I love yes. when that happens like, yeah it. like this like for real yeah I was telling my intern I have two interns with me right now one from Troy University to Leah Harris and I have Erica Williams from Columbia and so we were chatting today and I was telling them something happened and I was like man that's pretty cool and it was like girl you know you doing your thing da, da, da. and I was like you know I know that I'm pretty good at my job but 
to hear other people talk about it or when different things happen, it's like, am I that good? You know, like, is it, is it, <laughs> is it real? So yeah, to hear you, to hear you kind of read that off was um, pretty cool. What's a post-millennial? <laughs> oh, a post-millennial. So maybe I made that up. I don't know, but it's, it's like adolescence. So I don't really know. I guess maybe I should say Gen Z. Is that so it? that whole thing confuses me because at one I, I found out that I was a millennial some years ago, and then uh-huh. at one time somebody was calling my group Zennial. I'm 1981, so mm-hmm. I'm just like I'll never know. I'm like I guess they're talking about me, or maybe they're not talking about me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. You know, I do not um, work with children. Okay, uh, um, but I don't mind like. 16, 17, 18. Okay, so late teens. You know, yeah, like from there on up is kind of my jam. Now, when when I get into, you know, 11, 12, and some of those younger ages, I feel like I struggle to relate. Well, not maybe I don't even think it's that I struggle to relate. I think that I've got some cognitive distortions of my own going on about what that's like and what I have to be and you know, I kind of have this belief that I have to be fake with children. Uh-huh. And I know that I know that's not true, but that's that's kind of what comes up for me. And so I just stuck with post millennials because I'm like, I'm not, you know, I can take somebody in that, you know, not exactly in my generation, the one behind me, like I'm comfortable there. So that's what I came up with. I need to look into that and see if it's a real thing. Post-millennial. It probably is. It might be. You could be setting stuff like to a proper, more understandable like area. <laughs> but the biggest issue, and with all of those age groups right now, especially if you're on social media and you see all the different posts, we're in November. I, I count November first through January first is the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what's upon us. Um, daylight savings time happened a couple of weeks ago combined with the holiday season and people are just feeling all the feelings right now. Right. Um, And that topped on top of the pandemic is just a collision course. So Mm -hmm. in your opinion, what is it about the holidays that cause stress, anxiety, and depression? And how does the pandemic play into all of that? Okay. Okay. You know, I think that there are a few things that contribute to these symptoms, this pressure, this anxiety, um, depression. Number one is grief. You know, grief gets a lot more, it like it's a lot more present during the holidays because most of us, we, we grow up and we kind of go our separate ways from our families. And for some, the only time you really gather or the most important, most like intentionally memorable moments is that is during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so um, you lose kind of that center of your family, the glue, so to speak, of the family. Holidays just don't feel the same. And so there's just this anxiety about, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I've got to go into this space and be around family that I don't normally see. And there's going to be this big elephant in the room that, you know, Medea is gone or Mm -hmm. granddad is, is not here. And, you know, we, we miss her cooking or 
the laugh or just, you know, like I have an aunt in her late seventies and she's just the cutest ever. And, you know, one of the things about our Christmases with her is you never know what your gift is going to come in. Like she might have your gift in a church's chicken box, you know, (laughs) or something just completely in left field. And, but it's, but it's her and you know to expect that and so I can imagine um if if something were to happen to her our holidays would feel different because that that piece of of the holidays as we've always known it to be is missing you know so I think grief and just especially that first year or two without your loved one can be incredibly difficult to to manage um, I imagine even more so during this pandemic because we've lost like about 766,000 people mm-hmm, just in the United mm-hmm. States so mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think about how many people this year are, are dealing with it yes yeah and just the this the isolation too so now we've already got grief but then you know we're kind of afraid to come back together you know, and be around the elders in our families, you know, and, and possibly expose them to, to COVID or, you know, get them sick in some way. Yeah, it, the pandemic has, has changed everything. I think that the, you know, some of the other things are other people's expectations. So just this lack of boundaries with family, the holidays, you know, you may or may not want to, you know, go home this year. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, I know mama is going to be disappointed if I don't show up, that kind of thing. Um, I think financial strain, you know, yes, trying to, one. yeah, finances, microaggressions in the family, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, pop, pop always makes a comment about my weight, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. And, you know, it really hurts my feelings, but how dare I say something and be disrespectful or Uh seen as disrespectful. So just kind of that, uh, trying to manage and anticipate that. I think there's also seasonal depression, you know, that plays a part into, you know, this is, this is when it starts to, to show up for a lot of people is, is during these colder, darker months that happen to be when we celebrate our holidays I mean it just sounds like so much after you put everything you like you have grief you got isolation you got seasonal depression you got like anxiety finances mm-hmm. so the big thing mm-hmm. is more mm-hmm. and more people are without jobs or underemployed yeah. and things of that nature so it yeah. really is like a lot of things that causing mm-hmm. that cause hot, the stress and anxiety during this time of the year and you put the, the pandemic into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of that being said, um, on one of the shows a couple of years ago, I read an article talking about the effect of the holidays on women. Mm-hmm. Um, as women have been shown to be shouldering a lot of the responsibility mm-hmm. during this pandemic with homeschooling mm-hmm. and finances and everything else as well. Do you think that the pandemic has taken a greater toll on women in your opinion and in particular black women? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, the pandemic has, has changed everything about life as we've all known it. I think it has 
um, affected everybody globally. You know, um, I think that Black women naturally, or maybe I shouldn't say naturally, but tend to carry more stress and worry and anxiety anyway. And then when you throw in an extra financial strain, because I can't go to work because I'm non-essential, you know, that part, it's just changed everything. You know, even the fact that they, you know, those of us who chose to stay at home and work from home or lost our jobs because we weren't essential or whatever the case may be, you know, working and hustling and all of the social stuff and parenting and, you know, marriages and all of those things that we tend to and and that create their own, you know, come with their own emotional tolls, you know, now you you kind of take away my escape. I was working all the time. I was out. I was doing this. And I didn't have to really sit with this stuff. Uh-huh. But now you lock me in the house. And you got to confront all of this stuff. There's no uh-huh. way out. There's no way out. Yeah. I have thought about that a lot because, you know, especially as a Black woman, uh, but also a mother. Mm-hmm. How many of us use work? Work is kind of like an escape for some of us. It's a break. It's a break from our kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hate to say yeah. it. We love, we love our children. Exactly. But, you know, and for a lot of people, it is. It, it is a break. It's, it's a way out of their household. It's, you know, another world to kind of go and be in. And mm-hmm. if you spent the past two years at this house and maybe you had two years with the kids in the house too. So it's almost like a loss of identity in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, Black women don't do emotions as well, mostly. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you know, really, I don't know who does, um, but I know I, I work mostly with women and um, and in particular black women and I have been really blown away at you know the number of times I've had to like literally tell someone to stop and breathe and what's that emotion and for like I've had people get up and walk out if they shed a tear Um, you know I don't they come in. I don't want to cry. I ain't trying to do all of this stuff. Yes. We're going to talk about the past. I, I'm here to fix this. Right. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, slow down, you know, and they don't want to feel it. I don't, I don't, I just don't, I just don't. I can't, I can't, I can't. And so a lot of what I'm doing is like helping people unlearn that emotions are bad that they're that they're not human yes they're not normal it's just kind of like normalizing and teaching about emotions and so many women or people in general would let me just if I can just sweep it under the rug and stay busy if I can keep going back to school getting all of this education I'm gonna go back and get another degree no, I want another master's. No, I want this. No, I, you know, just steady, steady, you know, chasing, chasing something. Because if you slow down, every bit of those emotions, every bit of the thoughts, they catch up. And so we've, 
we've been forced to deal with that like suddenly yeah nobody saw this the the whole world shutting down nobody saw that no and you just basically you said a lot I've had like two different episodes I feel we've talked about uh one was an episode I did with Mons and Martini's podcast and we talked about taking a break from being from being the strong black woman Mm-hmm. And Tamara Winfrey Harris has this book called The Sisters Are All Right. It's in the second edition print and came out like maybe a month or so ago. And there's a chapter on being the strong black woman and how it's actually killing black women, black yes. women, because yeah. it's, it's a lot of shouldering these emotions, keeping yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. in. There's higher rates of black women having strokes, yeah. um, diabetes yeah. and all these issues because we're mm-hmm. carrying all this stuff in. Mm-hmm. And it's the need to, like you said, and I wrote down, unlearn the need to stay busy. Yeah. And it, I think it really was a breaking point during this pandemic because you had no choice but to sit. Yeah. At, at the yeah. beginning part, because nothing was, you know, supposed to be open, even though I'm in Atlanta mm-hmm. and we were kind of mm-hmm. open. But um, <laughs> in the beginning, we were actually pretty closed. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a time for people. People were going stir crazy because you had to kind of like look at the man in the mirror. You had to sit there mm-hmm. in those feelings. And mm-hmm. I was telling someone the other day, I said, I don't think I have cried as much as I have cried these past two years because I think I have done all this type of work mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because I've confronted all these emotions because I had to sit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's incredibly difficult for a lot of people. It's it, the just the thought of feeling something is terrifying. It's terrifying. So what advice would you offer our listeners? Um, mm-hmm. I say that this podcast is targeted to those who feel overwhelmed because we want mm-hmm. you to find the time to take a break. What advice would you offer those listening who are suffering from holiday stress, anxiety? in mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. I would say be honest and realistic with yourself you know that's the first thing you you, you really got to understand like what your limitations are and honor that um, I would say rehearse your boundaries and, and so that you can implement and maintain them understanding kind of you know if you know you're going to be facing the microaggressions that we were talking about earlier in your family Go ahead and prepare yourself for that. Um, kind of align yourself with what's true and what's fair and realistic and and then set your boundaries accordingly. Um, have a plan, um, you know, as far as, you know, what are my needs going to be? You know, can I sleep on the couch for a whole week at mama's or would I honestly feel more comfortable getting a hotel? Uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? So like, go ahead and have a plan that is centered to what your needs are. Because, and, yeah. And then ahead, I think yeah. too, also in that point, I'm seeing myself sitting up, you know, kind of rehearsing that conversation too, in case someone gets offended, because kind of yeah. voicing that, mm-hmm. you know, I have a plan and mm-hmm. now somebody's like, but well, you know, you just sleep on this couch. Yeah, yeah. And that includes financial boundaries, too. Like, if you know that, hey, we've been in a pandemic for the last few years, I've been out of work for, you know, a year or a little over a year, or six months, whatever the case may be. 
you know, y'all might not get $75 against this year. I might have to, you know, scale it back and you get this $10 perfume gift that I got from TJ Maxx and Boom. appreciate the thought. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just even the financial boundary there, um, just kind of planning, um, impl- you know, rehearsing your boundaries. And then for those who are, are dealing with the grief side of this, um, a plan to, you know, what can you do to make it something you look forward to? Mm. You know, how can you, can you make a playlist that y'all know grandma would have cut up to, you know, <laughs> you know, find some pictures and set something up so that her presence and her memory is still honored, you know, just put some thought into it to where you kind of go into it with a plan and being proactive instead of going into it with dread and that self-fulfilling prophecy that like, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be, I don't want to cry. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to see mama cry. I don't want to see, you know, uncle Bo cry, whatever the case may be. Go in with a plan like, hey, y'all, we're not going to do this this year. We got a lot to be grateful for. This is what I've decided to do. Let's honor Big Mama. This is what we're doing. And go with it, you know. So just kind of having a plan. But also don't be afraid to find local support groups because Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of um, mental health agencies and, and, and community, other community resources, churches and things like that will do programs and groups and stuff like that so that people who are grieving can support one another and I think it's a lot more effective than people might know so I would say try to find community to help you and support you through that grief because it is heavy at times. Now while you are out here counseling everyone that's dealing with their issues how do you take a break from work? What advice can you offer listeners on taking a break from their job or their work? Okay. Honestly, like I'm still working on it. Okay. It's, it, you know, it's <laughs> work in it's progress. A work, That's good. It's a work in progress. You know, um, I struggle sometimes with, you know, taking the time off that I need, um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm learning. And I think the pandemic, speaking of the pandemic, really helped me to, understand like the need of of my own self-care because Uh you know we we started getting calls like I'm talking five six seven eight calls a day well of 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 people trying to get into counseling and I was working five days a week seeing eight people a day and that was just exhausting and but the codependency in me is like the world is coming to an end <laughs> and people need help, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's my time to like do my part. And, and it was well intended and it was a, it was a, it was a good experience, but it like it took me out, like honestly. So I ended up, I had to stop accepting new clients. That was hard. So I stopped accepting new clients in July of last year so that I would, so that I could get a hold of my schedule. And I knew Uh that it was going to take a long time for, for me to, to, to go from eight to, you know, five is comfortable, but I usually see still about six. So anyway, I, I had to stop accepting new clients and then slowly, but surely I decided to 
um, push my schedule to just four days a week so that I now mm-hmm. have Monday off. So the weekend is like my family time. And then Monday is my, Your I want to do whatever. That's my time. So mm-hmm. I go get my nails done, whatever I want to do on Mondays and then works uh, um, Tuesday through Friday. And I get off every day at five o'clock. I don't allow myself to stay till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night seeing people after work. That's just not gonna work. So I have I have set some some boundaries uh-huh. and um it's been it's been very beneficial because I even found myself um just using maladaptive coping through the pandemic because it was just it was a very it was difficult. That's very good. Yeah. I say be intentional too. Like, you know, you gotta be intentional. Like you gotta be intentional. You do, and that's something we have been preaching since episode one mm-hmm. is that you kind of you have to be intentional about taking a break. Yeah. You have to look at your schedule. And if you say every Monday, Monday, every Monday at 7 a.m., you're gonna get up and do X, you know, which is to take mm-hmm. a walk or read a book. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about it. You can't yeah. like, you know, you have to flex that no muscle if someone yeah. asks, Oh, well, you're up at seven. No, that's my time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. easier said than done, but <laughs> it's one of those muscles that you kind of have to like work on. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. learned it myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, absolutely. You have to be intentional and reframe the belief that you don't deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, or that you have to do something. You like, you don't, you choose to do a lot of stuff. And so telling yourself, like, I deserve this. I am worthy of, of resting. You know, my body needs rest. And I, I, it's my responsibility to take care of me. Uh-huh. you know like you you know and rather than well if I if I do that then you know that's gonna so and so gonna be short and I I deserve this you know I don't, you know I choose I choose I don't have to I choose Ooh, I love that okay we are winding down so a new conversation that I am starting to incorporate in season three is we're talking about intentions Mm -hmm. um did you set a particular intention for 2021 and if so how have you been working towards it or Mm -hmm. have you not been working towards it (laughs) how did it work out how did it not work out (laughs) it's funny that we're talking about being intentional because that was my word for 2021 Okay. Was intentional be intentional be intentional be intentional with your authenticity be intentional with your vulnerability be intentional just in everything with your gratitude with your love with Ooh, your like yeah. everything like be intentional and it's worked out very well I feel like I've grown so much in this year of being intentional um I my husband and I we were we just got married last last month but um I had a townhouse well thank you thank you (laughs) I had a townhouse and um I decided to sell it Mm -hmm. and so we moved in with his mom 
And I wrote in my journal, like, because our relationship hadn't always been like close, you know, you know, we kind of tolerated each other. Uh Um, And but that had gotten better, but I wasn't sure how it would go living with her for, you know, a couple months. And so I remember just kind of writing in my journal, like my intentions for while I was there. And it was just the greatest gift that I could have given myself. Um, because we were able to really get to know each other and we, we both were just so open to each other. And now it's just, you know, it's, it's just the ideal relationship, but I think had I not been intentional about it, it, it may or may not have been that way. And so the same is true with, with my work. I, I started being intentional about my authenticity and vulnerability as a therapist with my clients, because, you know, um, I think it's natural and especially for a young therapist to have that kind of imposter syndrome and want to paint this picture of perfection for clients or for the public or whomever. And so I was very intentional about that. And it, it changed, like it took my, my skills to a whole new level Uh once I allowed myself to be more intentional with those things like it changed the game like that okay Mm. I've already picked my 2022 word too what's your 2022 word I'm still meditating on mine okay shift shift I like that I can't wait to hear about how that manifests itself in 2022 I am um, one of those people, I believe once you put that intention out there, you know, stuff will rise up to kind of like bring it to your awareness. Like if you say that a year is going to be like, this is going to be your peace year, all the stuff that's going to cause you not to have peace will come up just to kind of test you Mm -hmm. and to see how you're going to react to it and teach you lessons on it. So yes, shift. I like that. Hey, let me know when you find your word too. Did yes. you have one? Did you have one for twenty for twenty twenty one? Yes, this is my growth year, and it oh. has been a year. <laughs> Everything that could happen, um, and so I break mine down. I set my intention, and then I break it down by three big categories: so growth in my career, growth mm-hmm. in my finances, and growth in my relationships. And okay, I was wait, 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 wait. Growth okay. in my career. Uh-huh. growth in my finances and growth in my relationships oh wow and I learned something in each one of those categories this year and I still got a month and some change to go so really really I like can I ask like what's been the most you don't have to share if you don't want but I'm, I'm so curious about like what you learned um, so of course there'll be an end of the, the year episode. And I think I did a check-in. Um, so far, the the biggest overall lesson so far is that growth is not without pain. <laughs> so many Ooh. times we ask for growth and it's like we want to take it with the sugar. We don't want to take it with the sour. And most growth comes with pain. And so whereas I have seen growth in all of those categories, like you know. I'm in a relationship now. I got divorced in 2018 and it's a great relationship. This is like 
but there's also been some stuff where I've had to turn the mirror on myself a lot this year uh-huh. and like oh, wow. face some stuff that like oh I mm-hmm. am doing this like I had one thing I think I shared on the podcast where I recognized that I was doing some stuff that I accused my mom of doing mm-hmm. and it was manifesting in my relationship mm-hmm. so that was part of this year this fun growth year um growth in my career um recognizing that you know when I rise, it, it may not be how I want to rise or where I want to rise. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not going to always be easy. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. And the financial thing. Oh, yes. Well, I'm always learning money lessons. <laughs> so, oh, good. Good. Yes. Good. But wow. yeah, there's actually been something each. This has been an uh, interesting year for me setting an intention. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think this has probably been one of the toughest ones. This has been a tough lesson year, but it's been a good year. Okay. Okay. Good. So we're going to see, and then I do like the little end of year wrap up um, episode, but yeah, I'm I'm eager to see what more I have to learn in the next mm-hmm. month and a half around oh, growth. Oh man. Growth year. Okay. I can't wait to hear what you come up with for next year. Oh, like I'm waiting to see what's going to come up. I'm still, some stuff is percolating <laughs> around, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Good, 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 good. Well, Adrian, tell everybody where we can find you out there in the the social media internet streets. <laughs> okay, let me see. I recently changed my Instagram name. Um, so it's it's just Inspire Counseling, but it's an underscore at the end. Okay, awesome. So Inspire Counseling underscore. That's Instagram. I like Facebook. Like, apparently I'm ancient or something because I like Facebook. Um, But I do still have a Facebook um, page, and it's just at Inspired by Inspire. And for everybody, we will put the social media handles and her website in our Mm -hmm. show notes. Mm -hmm. Adrian, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've enjoyed you. This has been such a good conversation. Yes, I've enjoyed you too. I want to learn more about what you've got going on. You, you're doing some great stuff and I just want to tell you to keep going. Um, this is good work, good content. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see what, what is in store for you. Definitely keep in touch. Yes, definitely look forward to having you back again. Okay. So everybody stick around for the three breakaways. And we are back Thank you guys for joining me for season three and the very first episode of the season. I hope it was a good one. I hope that this holiday season finds you in a much better place than you have been in previous holiday seasons. And if not, I hope that this episode has provided some breakaways, even if they're not the ones that I chose It has given you some breakaways, some things to think about, to consider, and hopefully brings you some perspective and some ease as you come into this holiday season. But without further ado, I'm going to go with the three breakaways. Breakaways, breakaway number one, unlearn that emotions are bad. Unlearn that emotions are bad. Adrian shared that she gets so many people coming into sessions not wanting to cry, saying I'm not going to cry because they don't want to feel those emotions. And I know as a child, a black girl 
growing up, I was often taught to stifle my emotions, to suck it up, to act like they weren't there. At, to the point where I got older, I was accused of being a robot because I just had such this stoic nature. But it's okay. It's okay to feel. It's okay to put, the, put your emotions out there. Holding it in can be so toxic. Unlearn that feeling your feelings and having those emotions and showing those emotions are bad. I think that is such good advice as we head into this holiday season where we are going to be around a lot of people that we may have complicated histories with, but we have been told to sit on those emotions and just kind of suck it up. Unlearn that. Unlearn that emotions are bad. Breakaway number two, unlearn the need to stay busy. We are almost afraid to sit down. And this is a lesson I learned before the holiday. It's okay to just sit still, you know? A lot of times clarity comes when you're still. So just because it's the holiday, you can be honest, right? You can be honest with your feelings and emotions. If you want to sit there, you don't want to make five sweet potato pies and two banana puddings. You don't have to do all that because a lot of times you find out, I know personally, I have found out that I do way more than what's expected of me. Why? It's like because I feel that if I'm not busy, I'm not moving, that I'm being lazy. And sometimes we need to rest that body. We need to rest that mind. And that is how we'll be able to rest and actually feel and enjoy our holidays. A lot of times we hate the holiday season is because we feel like we have to be busy. We have to be doing everything. The host with the most. The cook in the kitchen. Got to clean. Got to buy all the gifts. You know, and we're doing it busyness sometimes to cover up some of our other emotions. You know, those emotions that we think are bad, we're trying to hide from. Busyness sometimes is a tool that we use to try to ignore that. So I want you to unlearn the need to stay busy. Finally, breakaway number three, if you follow me on social media, you know that I have been posting about this. Unlearn that you are not deserving of a break. And again, speaking as a woman, as a mother, we feel like we have to do everything. We have to be the superwoman wearing the cape. Who needs a break? We don't need a break because mothers and moms and women are expected to be busy. And you better unlearn that. Unlearn that you are not deserving of a break. Everyone deserves a break. Everyone deserves an opportunity to rest. Everyone deserves the opportunity to take a break to connect with themselves, to fulfill some of their needs, unless those needs are harmful to others. But you deserve that time. You deserve that break. Thank you so much for listening. I got so much out of this episode. I hope you did too. If you are serious about setting intentions for 2022 or even finishing out 2021 strong, please support my Etsy store. I am a small business. I'm a small but mighty business, honey. And I need you to go over to my Etsy and support me by buying one of my break-taking tools via the worksheets or the two journals on the website. As always, you have any questions please feel free to reach out. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye. Thanks for taking a break to listen to the episode. Connect with me at P.M. Kester, that's K-E-S-T-E-R on Instagram, or email thekestergroup at gmail.com. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us 
on your platform of choice. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye.